News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 52 of the Luke Messiah Show. I think that means we've been around for exactly a year uh, today, which is kind of fun to recognize. Appreciate all the continued support and uh, from all of our followers out there and all of our listeners. We hope that we have done a good job bringing you information um, that helps you be a more informed and better equipped Texan. Uh, If I sound like I'm losing my voice, it's because I am. I'm trying to speak a little softer. Cedar fever has hit the Texas Hill Country, and I live in like one of the worst zip codes to live in in Texas if you're allergic to cedar. Anybody who knows me knows I'm allergic to pretty much everything that exists on the planet, but cedar's like a step above the average thing out there. So um, that being said, I've got a couple things I want to cover with y'all today. Uh, The most important thing is an update on baby Tinsley. If you have not been following this case, I'd really encourage you to go to texasrighttolife.com and actually read some on the case. Basically, you have a little girl whose mother wants her to be treated and who is alive, um, and she's sick, and her hospital, Cook's Children, there in Fort Worth, has decided that they would like to bring an end to her life. And so they have tried to remove her from life support and have refused to give her life-sustaining treatment. Um, They are currently under a court order to do so while an appeals court hears the case and makes a determination. So I wanted to give you a quick update for those of you who have been following it but wondering where we are right now. At the end of the day, this case is now before the second court of appeals. And uh, that deadline for submitting briefs to the court is actually the 27th, so a week from today. Um, And at that point, the appeals court will go through the process of considering the appeal and making a ruling. Uh, They are not going to be hearing oral arguments. And so uh, the governor and the attorney general, Greg Abbott and Ken Paxton, actually came in in support of Baby Tinsley. This puts them at odds with not only the Texas Medical Association, but also Texas Alliance for Life, two organizations who have teamed up to support the law as it stands that allows for little babies like baby Tinsley to be um, killed by hospitals, according to their own internal ethics panels. Some of you remember when Obamacare was uh, being discussed, how people talked about how there were going to be these death panels in hospitals. And that's, you know, and everybody took uh, issue with those type of words. But the reality is in Texas, we have death panels. We have what we call ethics panels at local hospitals who can get together and decide, we don't want to treat this little girl or this really old guy or this person that's been in a car accident um, because we've decided that they don't need to be treated any longer. And so that is a uh, not only very controversial legal case, but it's something that matters for those who believe that Texas should have a culture of life. We have one of the worst states in the nation when it comes to our end of life laws. And so this just highlights a core policy that needs to change next session. And hopefully we can find more unity in the Republican Party behind opposing both the Texas Medical Association's position on this and Texas Alliance for Life, who again, together have really pushed um, this overarching position. 
which I think is really harmful to our state. Um, secondarily, an issue that I think some of y'all might be uh, interested in, the Texas Scorecard actually wrote a great article on this, but the teacher retirement system of Texas is spending $326,000 a month on rent. How absurd. So for those of you who have followed the retired teacher system. It was established in 1937 and TRS provides retirement and related benefits for more than 1.6 million Texas teachers, college professors, other educational employees. It's supported by the state of Texas, manages a $150 billion trust fund established to finance member benefits. Okay. So basically you have a fund with $150 billion. We manage that fund and that is what pays the benefits to 1.6 million people that we owe money to. This is their retirement account. And so we have um, the teacher retirement system, and they are paying $325,000 a month. And I wish I could yell that, but I literally don't have my voice. So $326,000 a month in rent. This is just one of those absurd things where you realize uh, the problem when government bureaucrats get to um, make management decisions. And and here's the irony of this. Every two years, and really for the last several years, there have been more and more money put into the system. So every two years, they come back to the legislature and they say, hey, I know we said that our retirement system is great, but the reality is there's still not enough money in it. And so we have uh, to fork over additional dollars, and it's tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars into the teacher retirement system. And this is on top of what we already contribute. So this is additional money on top of everything the state already contributes into this system in hopes that it will remain solvent and continue to pay out retirement for those individuals who have earned it and who were promised their retirement. And now you have the system that manages that $150 billion paying $325,000 a month on rent. Absurd. If you want some more information on this story, go to thetexasscorecard.com and you can find the story there. Um, I just want to circle back on Tinsley real quick. I did mention that the governor and attorney general had come out. This is a big deal, especially from the governor. Um, The governor has not made his position on end-of-life issues incredibly clear over the past several years, so this seems to be a situation where he was put in and had an opportunity to really voice a clear stance on this policy. The hope is that Governor Abbott will actually sustain that position and take that position into the 2021 legislative session. We filed legislation. Uh, Conservatives pushed legislation last session, which actually passed the Texas Senate and died in the Bonin-controlled Texas House. And so uh, if the governor had been a public advocate of that policy, I think it would have had a much uh, better chance of passing and becoming law. So I don't want to brush over the fact that the governor has stepped in to this fray because um, there's a real opportunity for clarity to be brought for to Republicans regarding their position on this issue. And I think that's going to be very beneficial. And I want to close out today. Uh, first, I want to give you all an update. So normally we have a discussion. We do every other week. We try to have a discussion that we bring to you, either a sit down or a debate. And I've got a bunch of conversations with people who are interested in coming on uh, the podcast. Some people I've reached out to specifically to have them on the podcast and those discussions are being had. But for those of you who do know what I do professionally, because some people think I get paid to do this, but really I'm not making money on this podcast. Um, 
I run campaigns for a living and we are like 29 days away from early voting starting. So needless to say, I'm very busy with local, state and federal elections all across the state of Texas. And in order to ensure that we have more conservative representation, it's really important for me to focus on that. So uh, I am sorry that I have not had time to insert within my travels uh, some sit down conversations. There's a lot of those coming up in 2020. And I'll tell you all, I think you'll be encouraged by the people we are able to sit down with and at least intrigued to participate in the conversations through listening that we're able to have uh, with Texans that matter regarding the future of policy issues, regarding different controversial topics and bringing in different experts to debate and discuss positions on all sorts of ranges of issues. So uh, I am working on that, but honestly, the only reason I'm not bringing you a conversation today is just because I'm really busy and I haven't had time to drive up to Austin or Waco or Dallas where a couple of these people are and sit down and have conversations with them. So uh, please know that we are working on facilitating those so we can bring more of those to you and bear with me over the next 30 days because this is uh, kind of the busiest 30 to 40 to 50 days of my 24-month cycle. And for those of you who are listening to this that are involved in campaigns, because I know a lot of you are, I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. So January 15th, the Texas Campaign Finance reports. The first ones came out. I'm not going to dig into a ton uh, of the details regarding all of that because y'all are all across Texas and you may or may not be interested in it. Uh, There's a ton of different insights I have uh, from there, but I want to point out one thing. Um, If you are somebody who believes that the Texas House has shown itself to be a body led by individuals who are more concerned with their power than doing the right thing, then one, you'd be correct, and two, you need to know something. Those people are hell-bent on keeping their power. Dustin Burroughs, the Bonin click, they are doing everything they can to continue to hold the little power they have. And I talked about this last week, but since last week, the campaign finance reports have come out And I will say a couple things. Uh, The thing that I looked at was who Dustin Burroughs donated to. Now, Dustin Burroughs was the chairman of Ways and Means. I like calling him the former chairman. Um, He's not currently the former chairman, but he will not be chairman of Ways and Means in 2021. And so the reality is that, you know, he is a not only disgraced, but also an uh, a very duplicitous and, uh, and dishonest individual in the legislature. And when I say dishonest, I don't mean to me. I don't mean to all of his constituents, which he did lie to when he went on public uh, television and tried to say that he didn't make a list, which we now know he made. But he's also been incredibly dishonest to his colleagues. And watching that transpire has just been incredibly uh, disheartening to those people who know Dustin. I've known Dustin for a long time. and um, But the reality is power changes people. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So Dustin Burroughs, Uh, I'm assuming is probably in a position where most people wouldn't take his money when it comes to running their campaigns. But there are a handful out there, and I think they really need to seriously reconsider their decision to accept money from Dustin Burroughs. So the two incumbents out there are Jared Patterson and Briscoe Cain. These are two incumbent Republicans who actually are considered uh, some of the more conservative legislators in the Texas House. Uh, Briscoe's a member of the Freedom Caucus. Jared Patterson is more consistently ranked within the top 10 conservatives. Um, Why they would be willing to take money from a corrupt 
dishonest member of the legislature who tried to lie to all of Texas and his colleagues um, for their reelection campaigns. I don't know, but I would hope that they would reconsider that decision. He wrote them each a $2,500 check. There are quite a few Republican incumbents that are being contested in their reelection campaigns, and Dustin Burroughs only wrote to those two incumbents. I don't know whether that's because they are the only two incumbents that were willing to cash the check or whether he didn't offer it to others. And I don't know why he would have offered it to some of his colleagues, not others, when he just finished lying to all of them. So um, that is an interesting tidbit of information that came out of the campaign finance rules. But I hope that Representative Kane and Patterson will really reconsider uh, their decision to take money from uh, Dustin Burroughs. And then when it comes to the open seats, I also think there are some interesting names. Uh, I believe it was Michael Schofield, Kerry Isaac, and Lacey Hole were the three that I saw that took his money. And again, you have a lot of open seats in the Texas House. Republicans are working hard to both take back the seats. Um, Lacey uh, is running in a contested election over a seat that Republicans only held by a couple votes. And then Michael Schofield, of course, is a former state representative who's now running for his old seat back. Michael, somebody that I know personally and I really respect. I think he's been a strong conservative and a really brilliant, bright Republican. But I think that... um, his decision to take money from Dustin Rose is very unfortunate. Uh, it's a decision to align yourself with somebody's behavior, right? So Mark Twain says, a man shall be known by the people he associates with and the books he reads. I'm pretty sure it's Mark Twain. I always give Mark Twain credit for that quote. Um, so if it wasn't him, it's somebody else. Okay, really smart. But a man shall be known or a woman shall be known by the people they associate with and the books they read. And I'm sure all of these people who have taken money from Dustin Burroughs have a phenomenal reading list, okay? And I'm sure they're all very well-read people, which speaks well of their character, but they're associating with uh, corruption in the Texas House. And if you're running to be a state representative and associating with corruption in the Texas House, it reflects very poorly on you. So Carrie Isaac, Lacey Hole, Michael Schofield, Jared Patterson, Briscoe Kane, please just consider returning that money so that it's made clear to Texans that we are starting to move on from a chapter of corruption and dishonesty into a new chapter um, where we recognize the importance to be the importance of being more honest with the people of Texas and more honest with our colleagues. Because if we don't have honesty in the Texas House, what do we really have? If you are a Texan that's concerned, reach out to your state representative. I told you this last week. Tell them that you want to make sure that we turn the page and and focus on uh, a different type of leadership when it comes to the Texas House of Representatives. Um, And without further ado, I feel like I've mostly covered the important things I wanted to cover. Look, y'all, hopefully get your national politics other places. Um, You know, if you want me to more often opine on the latest Democrat uh, presidential issue or impeachment or anything like that, I can. But I will tell you this. um, I think both of our Republican uh, U.S. senators are going to stick with the president when it comes to impeachment. Um, I think they've both made it very clear. And hopefully in the next several weeks, we will be able to stop talking about impeachment nationwide. I try to keep this podcast focused on on Texas issues. Um, look, you can go listen to probably dozens, if not hundreds of podcasts out there that will talk to you about uh, what you're going to find on the headlines of the national uh, you know, media outlets. But we want to try to focus on some things for Texans specifically that are more pertinent to what we have going on here in the Lone Star State. It's not something that gets covered often. And it's something I think is sorely needed when it comes to 
the reality that as goes Texas, so goes the nation. And if we lose Texas, we will lose the nation. Look, some of y'all are aware that in Virginia right now, you have a bunch of Second Amendment activists and individuals who believe that their rights matter, who are protesting peacefully at the Capitol. And oh my gosh, watching the liberal media elite freak out about the fact that these people are peaceful and the fact that they're um, you know, actually black and not a bunch of white nationalists is pretty hilarious. But if you listen to the left-wing media, you'd think a white nationalist rally is happening in Virginia right now. But if you're a freedom, liberty-loving American, you'd know that there is a mixture and plethora of individuals from all races and creeds and colors and backgrounds and income levels all there fighting for their rights, fundamental God-given rights that the government does not have the ability to take away. And in Virginia, they are testing the bounds of that. But in Texas, we need to at least look at what Democrats are trying to do and recognize the fact that we have an opportunity in Texas to ensure that that doesn't happen by not only not allowing the Democrats to take control of the Texas House, but also electing true, strong, committed conservatives. Because I think we can all admit Democrats do a better job advancing their policy agendas than Republicans do. And it's because once they do have the power, they're okay losing it. It's one of the things that Republicans have had a very hard time risking. We get the power and we just want to hold on to it. And having it, it's almost like Schmeagol or Gollum in Lord of the Rings where you have it and you just don't want to give it up. And so just having it alone is an accomplishment. But but we know as committed conservatives that that is not an accomplishment. You actually need to advance your priorities. So make sure that you're engaging with the right person, especially since we're in the middle of the elections, whether it's a local DA candidate or a congressional candidate or a state representative candidate from across the state. I know some activists in North Texas that are going to be driving outside of their districts because those races that matter um, are outside. So also follow Empower Texans and Texas Right to Life and some of these other organizations when it comes to knowing who you need to support and who you need to get behind because they might be able to provide you some insight into areas where you can really apply yourself on local, federal, and state um, races. Go out and volunteer. I know I. Uh, if you go to loopcs.com forward slash 10, you'll see our checklist of things you can do. But part of that is making sure you knock some doors, making sure you make a small donation. So go to one of those organizations or Texans for Vaccine Choice or Texas Homeschool Coalition and just see the handful of candidates they've said to get engaged with and see what they're doing and then make a small donation. Decide to go knock some doors, do something to that effect. I really want to encourage you to engage in the battle in some way. Make a sacrifice. Do something uncomfortable for the cause of liberty. Thank you for listening along today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit LukeMessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter. And visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.